Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast with your host, Andy Addis, and special guest, Mark Clifton. We plant the seeds in the ground, though the fields have long been brown. Lord, when will your harvest come in? I'm giving all I've got to give in the place where I've been sent. But will my labor make much difference in the end? Will no one ever know? Sometimes I feel so all alone. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope to that church on the corner of that forgotten little town to a room of empty peers where his love can still be found. You may never know of all the seeds you sow. But it just takes one willing soul to make him know. Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast. We want to pour into, partner with, and pat on the back all those rural pastors who are doing such important work and remind you that you are not alone. As that music is fading out, uh, uh, we're going to talk about music in a second here. My name is Andy Addis. I have the privilege of being the volunteer rural strategist for the North American Mission Board Replant Team. And I'm Mark Clifton, and I have the privilege of hanging out with the... uh, Rural strategist and with the replant team at the North American. He's, Mission the, he's Board. the lead sled dog on this oh, thing. That's whatever. the way that works. But I enjoy it, and we have a good time. We're glad to be with you guys, and look forward to a great podcast. As today. much as I respect him, he has some phone etiquette issues. This is the <laughs> second shot at this particular podcast uh, because we we had some great music. We're going to talk about that in a second. But you, yeah. you, your your alarm is what? My alarm. Well, we when we recorded the podcast a moment ago, my alarm on my phone went off, and my wake up alarm. On on my phone is from Oklahoma. Uh, oh, what a beautiful morning. So there's a bright golden haze in the meadow. There's a bright golden haze in the meadow. And the corn is as high as an elephant's eye. <laughs> Reaches and stretches straight up to the sky. Everybody. Oh, what a beautiful No, I ain't no. doing anyway, it. <laughs> so that was playing while we were doing our podcast. If, if you think that the biblical measurements are weird, the high as an elephant's eye is one of the most <laughs> random... <laughs> It systems of measurement. <laughs> it was late at night, and they had a musical they had to put on. All right. Okay. Well, we as long as we're talking music, uh, we have had so many requests for uh, that that song that is the intro song, and that is Chosen Road. When's the last time you hung out with those I guys? I called them on the phone. I talked to uh, talked to Zach uh, a few days ago. Talked to Jonathan yesterday. Um, I'm not going to get to hang out with them for a while. I think mm. I'll see them in, in in about four or five months, but. Uh, no, they're coming in October. So they're coming. Uh, this is this is late August as we record this. They're coming to Linwood in October. So they'll oh, be at my awesome. church in October. Check them out. Chosenroadmusic.com. They love Jesus. They love the local church. They are absolutely stellar musicians, and they love rural America. But the one thing you can't get at that website is the theme song that we have here. It is our theme song. We asked them to write us a song. We gave them the ideas, and they wrote the And the only place... You're going to hear that song is on this podcast until now. 
which you can actually download your own uh, still pre-process. It's not been done uh, to their specs for an album, right. but they're allowing you to have a version of it that we use here, and, and what a treat. And how is. do you get that version? You just got to go to the ruralpastorpodcast.com and look for it. And you can download it from there. <laughs> That's right. It is a great song, and it's written for rural pastors. It's absolutely a fantastic part of what we're doing here, and they're part of the team, which brings us to today's theme. As we go through this edition of the Rural Pastor Podcast, we want to talk about how important it is to be a part of partnership. Partnerships are essential because basically Christianity, it's a team sport. You yes. can find it any other way in Scripture. Yep. You're not supposed to play it alone, are you? That is right. So I have a question for yes. you. Yes. Are you an athlete? Were you an athlete? My school? boys are pretty athletic. One of my sons lettered in cross country, which was crazy. You ever, you ever watch people run cross country? That's punishment in all the other sports. I, you know, I would go to these things on, on the golf courses, and these guys would throw up at the end, you know. <laughs> and I was, my son, I was always saying, hey, slow down. It's okay. It's just a race. Don't worry about it. And he said, you know, all the other parents are going, come on, come on, come on. And they go, no, it's dumb. <laughs> he, he lettered in cross country, lettered in basketball and all that. One day we were getting ready to move, and we were going through some old stuff. And, and he said, Dad, this is a varsity basketball letter. I said, yeah, I, I had a varsity basketball letter. We went to a big high school. My high school had 1,400 people in it. He goes, you never told me. My varsity <laughs> basketball letter. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And my other son goes, What's this M on the basketball letter? <laughs> My wife said, that stands for manager. <laughs> she could have left that out. I know. I said, well, somebody had to run the clock and take the stats. They never let me live that down. No, oh, in my life growing up, the main compliment I got athletically was Good eye. Good eye. <laughs> I stood there frozen. Good eye. Good, Good eye, eye, Clifton. Good eye, Clifton. <laughs> you know what? It takes somebody to, to get that first base walk. That's right. <laughs> You're a designated walker. Actually, I did play I did play a little basketball in middle school or whatever, and I was the guy who sat on the bench, and when they needed someone to foul somebody, that is absolutely true. You were the hack of I would go there and foul that guy. we got to stop the clock. <laughs> Oh my goodness, oh, that's good stuff right there. Okay, as we talk about partnerships being essential team sports, let me let me just tell you, I played uh, football, basketball, and and I don't know that I enjoyed it very much, but probably one of my favorite moments was out of school. I got they were teaching me how to golf, and I'll be honest with you, I'm no good. I'm I, and okay, I, I've enjoyed it, but I'm no good. And I was playing with this guy down in San Antonio, Texas. We were at some kind of church event, and I was just dying. Mm -hmm. I mean, I couldn't get it on the fairway to save my life. And about hole number seven, all of a sudden, I'm still you know, hitting it in the rough, but on hole number seven, I just start getting out of the rough like crazy. My second shots are amazing. Yeah. And we we're about three holes in before I realized this guy was carting ahead of me and teeing up my ball in the rough. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't know that? No, I didn't know. It was like on the third oh, swipe when funny. I saw a T come up, and I realized that Wait dude is helping me out. Oh, it's pretty cool. Well, so that, that's what we're talking about. How do we help tee it up for one another in the ministry? Uh, and the problem is that I think we kind of get this concept, but then we kind of don't. We absolutely embrace the reality of ministry that if we don't work together, we can't get anything done. The church is a body, right? Some are hands, some are feet. We know all this, that, uh, that it takes brothers and sisters. We're a family that uh, we have many gifts and that they all come together. 
But what we're talking about is one level up. We understand that from the pastor down in the local congregation. Right. right. But what about church to church? Exactly. What about what about the 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 body of Christ at large, the church capital C, mm-hmm. right? So as we look at things like this, uh, it's easy for us to identify when things aren't healthy. Uh, I, I've only pastored two churches. Uh, okay. The first one was in seminary, and it had some goods and bads. Despite my gross lack of experience, uh, we still saw some uh, really good growth in the inner city. Um, the median age drop from 60-plus to the mid-30s. Mm-hmm. We, we are stirring the baptistry waters. The attendance numbers tripled. All that was really good, except... That in the, the middle of all that, in the, the six years that I was there, I was up for a vote of affirmation six times. Really? Yeah. And y- y'all know what a vote of affirmation yes, is? Yes. It's kind of like a vote of firing, only only the opposite. Yeah. It was saying, do we really want do to Do we keep really him? want him? Yeah, yeah. So it was beautiful, and it was brutal, so we call that brutiful. Uh, and and what, it, what it taught me was that even though there were some external signs that, oh, things are looking good, it wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. We weren't working together as a body. Uh, and, and we could identify that. Everyone could see that. But I don't think we see that at that next level up from church to church in cooperative ministry. And, you know, you and I are both Southern Baptists, so we cooperate uh, as we do this. And so that macro level, uh, one of the lines that is in the book that we're taking these uh, teachings from was that each of us knows the value of the body working together like it should, but why does that seem to break down outside the the boundaries or property lines of the local church. When Paul talked about us being the body, don't you think he meant all of us in every place? Yes. And so because of that, we should not avoid or not put up with, we should lean into partnerships. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, you don't develop partnerships the week you have a need and you need a partner to come and help you. Mm. I mean, <laughs> that's the poorest time to develop <laughs> partnerships, is when you call a church that you've not talked to ever, and a pastor that you've never talked to ever, and you say something like, we have a special event coming up, and we need some people to come over and watch our children, you know? Give me childcare workers that could volunteer and come over and do this. That's not the best way to develop partnerships, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But I will promise you, if you do it correctly, there will come a time when you can make that call, and they will gladly share some people with you. So the idea of partnerships isn't just need-based, it's, it's, it's relationship-based, and it's knowing that we need each other, not, not like because I need them to come help me with my block party, but I need them because they're in the next foxhole over, mm. and we have the same enemy here. And we have to be together on this. And I can't do this. We're not supposed to do this on our own. They're not supposed to do this. We're all part of the kingdom. And when, when it—it's like this. When, when the church at Jerusalem hears about what's going on at Antioch, they send Barnabas. Mm. Now, the church in Jerusalem was the mother church, but it was under incredible persecution and already had hemorrhaged leadership. And they send the best they have. And when he gets there, he rejoices in what God's doing. Look, real partnership is when you can rejoice when God chooses to bless across the street. Mm. All right? Oh, when you good. begin when you can be rejoicing when God's so going doing something somewhere else other than where you are, then you understand partnerships. And so you ask me, why is it so hard for us to have partnerships? Because we have a competitive spirit among our churches. And a territoriality. And we feel like it's a zero-sum game. If my church is losing, then you must be growing. Mm -hmm. And we feel like it's a limited pie, 
and we're all after the same pieces. And, you know, if that church is growing, well, we're losing. And a, a that scarcity is scarcity of resources. Ungodly to think like that. We're going to actually take that conversation to the next level in the next podcast, uh, where we're going to talk about a kingdom focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, as we talk about these partnerships, these are these are essential um, essential relationships. So you're talking about things at kind of a smaller level, where church to church, kind of there's an ecumenical partnership. Yeah, and and actually, I, you know, I'll get ahead of myself here, but when they sent Barnabas and he went and got Paul, they spent a year there. Well, what happened? There was a famine in Jerusalem. Uh, yeah. And the help I mean, a famine was life and death. It wasn't just a you know, it wasn't just a bad time. You were gonna die. You didn't have any food. You people died in famines. Yeah. And so here came life from these people they didn't even know because they had loved them and invested in them earlier. There's a lot of churches who are experiencing spiritual famine, and there's no hope or help because they did not invest when they should have. That's right. And and, and part of that, what you're talking about there, are that there can be famines for the local pastor in relationship, yes. famines uh, in strength and this and that. And I think some of the, the, the partnerships that we need to talk about are just simply having relationships yes. across the street yes. in your own community. I, every Wednesday, I have coffee with, uh, I mean, as I just go around the circle in my head, a congregationalist, a Mennonite, an mm-hmm. independent fundy. Mm-hmm. He's a KJV are only guy. Are these all on your staff at your yeah. church? <laughs> No, no, these are these are all around, but 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 we've got we got all kinds of kinds and stripes, and we have coffee together so much so that there's actually another podcast that yeah. I'm a, I'm a regular on. It's called uh, the Post Pandemic Pastors Pondering on the Porch. Okay. Now there is more alliteration in yeah. that than you, but 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 it comes out of that. But the reason I bring it up is those are guys that are a phone call away. Uh, a moped ride across town mm-hmm. to sit on their front porch, and, and that kind of partnership is really essential. It is. But beyond that, uh, denominationally, you know, again, we're we're Southern Baptists, and uh, and we have a great opportunity in a variety of uh, places, and hopefully everybody recognizes these who is a part of that tribe, or if in another tribe, you recognize what you have. But these are spiritual co-ops. Right, right. Uh, if you live in rural America, you know where the co-op is. That's right. It's where the cheap gas is. That's right. right. <laughs> cheaper, cheaper. Anyway, right. Uh, and what is a co-op? I actually got the definition to make sure I got this right. right. A farm cooperative involves a network of member farmers who reap many benefits of doing business as a unit. There you go. And we need these partnerships because, as partnerships, they help us reap benefits working together as a unit. So. I'm a part of uh, uh, an association, which mm-hmm. is a part of a state convention, mm-hmm. which is part of the, the national convention. And I remember at one point we were growing and uh, establishing uh, new works in different places. We had a strong desire to continue, but we were out of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out of everything. Right. And that's when a director of mission, uh, Keith Bryant, came yep. to me and said, hey, we'd really like to use the model. We have the money. We mm-hmm. have the place. Mm-hmm. We even have a crew. Mm-hmm. Could you help us get started? It was like a dream come yeah. true. Yeah. And we just held hands and walked through that together. And what a beautiful experience that was. And by the way, if I can just shout out, associational mission strategists, directors yep. of missions. Yep. Those are beautiful people. And the way, look, you need to go to associational gatherings. Guys, right. I know you're busy, and I know the people demand your time. Most of you who are listening to us are bivocational, so your boss demands your time. Mm-hmm. Your kids demand your time. You need to spend time with your spouse. And so then you get something that comes across your email of an associational meeting on a Saturday morning or a gathering with pastors or an annual meeting sometime, and you think, you know, there's nobody, you know, pushing me to go to that, and nobody's going to be mad at my church if I don't go to that. 
But the reality is, guys, if you'll invest in those meetings, those gatherings, that's where you begin to develop real meaningful partnerships. You show up at those things, you talk to all those pastors, you hug that director of missions, you tell him you're praying for him. You just, you can have a ministry of presence at those associational regional gatherings, whatever denomination you're in. And you may think, well, I'm not really getting much out of it. You know what? You attending it is giving something to some other pastors. Absolutely. And just being there. And then when you have a need, people know you. It's all built on relationships. And that goes back to where you started, which is the worst time to find a partnership is when you're in need. So you spend that time ahead of time. You invest that time ahead of time. One of the things we do to develop partnerships, too, is is, as much as we can, and we should do it more than we do it. I, I'll acknowledge that. But I think a church ought to pray for other churches publicly every Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I think in your Sunday morning service, you ought to pray for a sister church across the street, another church is trying to reach people, another church in your state or your association, and just let that church know, hey, we're going to pray for you today. How can we pray for you on Sunday morning? Because the world is bigger than our parking lot. That is fantastic, and we're going to get to some partnership principles in a second, but let me brag on a couple of relationships. As our church has grown over the years, we would never have been able to grow if we hadn't had the assist from partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, you know, Right now, we had a, a fledgling group that uh, was only about four or five families meeting at a campground outside of town with horrible internet. I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was rough. Well, there was a church in town, and uh, they were closing their doors, but instead of selling off the building and uh, instead of reaping those profits, they said, we want to invite you guys to start start up right here. What a beautiful thing that was. Not only did that help them, and they immediately grew to fill that space, they then were able to transition that building to a Spanish mission when they bought another location. And now that congregation that was just a handful of people is running 600 people That's great. in Salina, Kansas. That's All, great. And it happened because there was a church who in their death throes said, no, we're going to give glory to Christ. That's right. And we're, we're going to pass this yeah. building. I know, I know the building you're talking about. I've do you really? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, and then, you know, we've had opportunities across Kansas and Nebraska. There's a church planning catalyst. His name is Ryan. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to call him out right here, but he has been a champion for opening doors and, and pointing opportunities to us and encouraging us. Those kind of partnerships. Well, when essential. I first went to Linwood... Uh, the church had closed down. It had three remaining members, not five, not six, three remaining active <laughs> members. And uh, they called me as their pastor at no pay. And so my wife and I, so what do you do? You got, you got a church with three elderly people, and, and it's a hundred-year-old church. I had enough personal relationships with some pastors in that county that I had invested in over the, over the number of years. I just simply picked up the phone and called four pastors. And I said, look, I'm going to provide your lunch. Meet me at this church building, this Linwood this New Church good. building. Just and, and this was during COVID, mm-hmm. you know. But I said, I'll, I'm going to provide your lunch, and uh, you you bring a bring a mask and come on, and we'll <laughs> we'll sit far apart from each other. But I, I want you to. And so they all four came. I went to Wendy's and uh, I bought four salads with you know. I saw I didn't know what else to get, so I got four salads and four four iced teas and or five one for me. And I show up at Linwood, and the first meeting I ever have in that church is myself and these four pastors from the county. And I said, let's walk over this building, let you take a look at it. And I said, I want you to just to, to pray with me about what God would do here. And then I want you to pray about how your church could really benefit uh, from being part of replanting this church and how mm-hmm. your church could really uh, fulfill its Acts 1-8 commission. Every one of them 
before that lunch was over, said, we'll do this, we'll do... I had all four of them. I started Man. that thing with four part... And some people say, well, that's because you're, you know, you're on a podcast or whatever. <laughs> no, it's not. It's because I had developed personal relationships with these four yeah. pastors. I had yeah. walked through life with them. I had been with them. They knew they could trust me. And, and in I, that moment, you were vulnerable with them, And in that moment, too. I was vulnerable with them. But, man, we would never be at Linwood where we are now if I didn't have those four pastors who came along from with me that first two or three years. Never, ever. That is fantastic. So that leads us to a place. Let's put some of this in practice. Let's say you've been an isolationist because you had to. There's territoriality. You believe in the scarcity of resources. But now you're going, you know what? There's probably some life and some partnerships. There's probably some benefit in this. How do we get there? Well, you already mentioned the first one. I've got three words. Uh, the first one is promote. Uh, you can you can enter into a partnership with no formal agreement if you simply promote somebody else who's doing it well. There you go. Right? You talked about praying for them right. in the service. Right. That's a way to do it. We do, at the beginning, uh, do two songs, and we're very liturgical, <laughs> two songs, and then we have a 60-second standing prayer, and about every other week, it's praying for another church in the community okay, or another church outside of ours. Good. But just promoting, lifting somebody else up, celebrating what's happening in that place yep. is the beginning of a partnership. That's right. Uh, the second thing is participate with someone. Mm -hmm. You can promote, but then also you just talked about that with uh, those uh, those other pastors. Mm -hmm. How do we enter into something together? Right. Uh, and it doesn't have to be... For you, That's that was a huge endeavor. You're saying, how do you help us right. come back to life right. here? Uh, we did a thing several years ago, a bunch of pastors from all different walks. We decided to um, do the same series. Everybody's going to write okay. one message, but we'd yeah. all preach it in our own places. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a little town, Hutchinson, Kansas, we, we did that over the course of four or five, six weeks, something like that. And then we concluded with we were going to have a, a, a joint uh, worship service together. Right. And it blew the doors off. We could. We ended up. We had to rent the local convention center. Had more than fourteen hundred people. Show that is awesome for this. And, I love it. And what what great unity there yeah, was in that. Right. So we can these partner principles. We can promote. We can participate. And then the third one. This is where everybody gets lost because this is where we want to start. But you can profit from it. Sometimes it's the fact that they help you when you're in need, and that's why you have to have that relationship before you get there. It goes back to what we just said in the book of Acts, promote. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the book, the, the church at Jerusalem found out what was going on at Antioch, so that's, they promoted, they, they, you know, absolutely they did that. And then they sent Barnabas up there, so that's the next one, right? Which mm -hmm. was Participate. They participated. And then the third one was when they had a famine, they received help from... They profited. They profited. That's it. I mean, it's it's biblical, guys. So it's a progression too. We got it is a progression. <laughs> they didn't profit until they did the other two things, right? That's absolutely right. And what's funny is that this principle it sounds so simple. We promote others, we participate with them, we profit from the relationship. Um, but but what's so foreign about it is if this has ever happened to you, when we pray, when we pray for other churches, we still, even though this is a regular practice of ours. We still have people go, is something wrong over there? Yeah, really. Hey, I know. Yeah. What, what's the problem? Yeah. Why are we praying for that? <laughs> <laughs> because, because it's just not a common feel for a church to church to partner in, yeah. and for in the denomination. We are a cooperative fellowship, right. uh, which means we cooperate together, and, and we should learn to, to have value in those partnerships. Absolutely. Amen. There's a scripture reference for you today, Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. I love this. Now think about this. This isn't just good for preaching in your church. It's good for preaching around your church. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for
for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. What a great opportunity it is for us to be in this ministry together. Many blessings to you, and I pray that uh, your partnerships would increase and your effectiveness as well. Many blessings. See you next time. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. To that church on the corner of that forgotten little town To a room of empty pews where his love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you've sown But it just takes one willing soul to make him known Thank you so much for joining us at the ruralpastorpodcast.com. A special thanks to Chosen Road for this incredible theme music, to 180 Digital, our corporate sponsor, and you can check out both of them at our website as well as other resources because you're not alone. And Rural Pastor, we believe in you at the ruralpastorpodcast.com.